Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am so glad you are here now today. Today, have I got a guest for you? Oh my God, what a beautiful, creative conversation that I had with this guest. I cannot wait to absolutely dive into it. And I know that you are going to walk away from this episode completely inspired. And if you do, if you do, if you are driving, walking, cooking, whatever you are doing right now, listening to this episode, make sure that you click subscribe or follow in whatever app that you are listening to this too, because I have so many more of these where they came from. I have so much to share with you this year and I'm very, very, very excited. Click subscribe. If you are in Spotify and you want to give me feedback, you want to answer questions, you want to let us know what you loved about this episode so we can keep or I can keep giving the episodes that you love the most to you, then please let me know. All that is all available at your fingertips right now if you're listening by your phone, obviously. And what else do I have to update you on? What else do I have to update you on? I think that's it. I think that's it. Let's just get into this episode. Also, if you want to keep updated on all the little clips or you want to see some little clips from this episode, make sure that you go and follow the Writer's Advice podcast or Olivia Hilly on YouTube as well. And on Instagram, we finally have a Writer's Advice podcast Instagram because usually it's just my personal one at Olivia Hilly Author. Where you can come and join us there as well. As always, this book, uh, book, book, this isn't a book, this is a podcast, Olivia. Gosh, this podcast we are listening to right now is brought to you by the Writer's Journal. So, the Writer's Journal, you can search the Writer's Journal, search the Writer's Journal by Olivia Hillier on Amazon, and it is the journal that is going to help you create your book essentially. It's going to help you bring your book to life it's going it's the one journal one because I love the act of physically writing things I love so many books out there about telling you how to write books and and what to do and I love these episodes and I love everything that I get to share about creating the best stories that we possibly can however this journal is going to get the best of you out of you essentially so that you can create your own best work so it is the best prompts for you to create your characters put those characters into a plot, to know their full backstory without having to vomit it all inside the book, to create the most um, like page-turning plot that we actually go into a lot in this episode as well, all the things. It also keeps you accountable. It helps create your world, your world. And we have a writer's advice for us, writer's advice. No, we have a writer's journal, Facebook group, on all the details and you can download extra pages and all the things and be a part of it once you grab the journal on Amazon. So if you go and search the writer's journal by Olivia Hillier on Amazon, honestly, I have been loving, loving the feedback and you can read it all on Amazon as well, but everyone has got this and I cannot wait to see the more stories that are going out into the world due to it, which makes me so, 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 so happy. But in the meantime, let's hear from another author who has literally absolutely smashed it, made her dreams come true, and is also another great read that you're really going to want to you're really going to want to um, dive your eyes into. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Writer's advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. 
So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am very excited because today I have Jenna Lowe Bianco. Oh, I, I pronounced that, didn't I? Right. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, now, I just devoured your brand new book, The Italian Marriage, which I am so excited to dive into and I'm already going to just preface before we even get into this interview for anyone who loves romance, for anyone who loves like the fake dating relationship tropes dive into this and look it up right now while you're listening to this episode and (laughs) because it's definitely going to be one of your uh, favorite reads of the year but Jenna I want to go I can't wait to dive more into the book but I want to go I want to go all the back to the start and kind of see how this all kind of came to be and and yeah this book that's that's everywhere now how did it all start for you? Well, thank you for those kind words because when you write these things, you just think that they're going to live in a folder on your computer and never be seen by anyone. So <laughs> thank you for that. You're um, and I didn't have to pay you to say it. So that's great. <laughs> <I loved it>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I never, ever wanted to be a writer. Um, I never set out to be a writer. Um, there's just been particular things that have happened in my life along the way that have sort of led to this path being formed in front of me and then I've sort of just tread you know the pavers that line the path and that's led me to this yeah absolutely I love that when was there a moment where you were like okay I think I want to start writing a book like do you remember a specific moment of when that happened yeah, well, look, I wrote my first book, which was a picture book in grade one, and my beautiful grade one teacher got very excited about it. It was in rhyming couplets, um, and I was like six, and she's like, this is brilliant, but I was a voracious, you know, reader, and my mum and dad really prioritised reading, so I'm actually not surprised that I wanted to write and play with words, because books were a big part of my childhood. Um, but look... I did okay in English through high school, um, did creative one random creative writing subject at uni and sucked at it majorly. Um, it was my worst mark throughout my whole degree. Um, but then I started writing for a magazine, the Segmental magazine here in Australia, which handles um, Italian cultural events and profiles of people in the community and um, I was doing a lot of educational publishing as well I'm also an Italian teacher so I was writing textbooks and consulting in that space as well Um, and then I started writing for the magazine and I sort of found this voice somewhere in that space and that was really great for my networking but I guess the fiction and the long-form women's fiction kind of came about um, I was traveling I had a year away in Europe uh, and it was 2013 and I was, and, you know, people are probably going to get sick of hearing the story, but sometimes magic happens. Um, I was in Mykonos and I'd arrived without my luggage because, you know, we'd booked these really cheap flights between Ibiza, Barcelona and then Mykonos. Yeah. And we arrived, but the luggage didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then anyway, I was crazy hot day and I was on my hotel you know bed and 
it's like 40 degrees and I've got crazy curly hair which struggles at the best of times and humidity. <laughs> so I was not going out anywhere in that and I had thankfully I was working on one of those um, publishing projects that I was doing um, with um, Macmillan Ed at the time and I had all of my materials and I just I'm like no nah, I'm not writing this today I just I wasn't feeling the vibe you know mojo's not flowing but I had my laptop open and I just saw a character and now that I look back at Olivia I've had these magic moments across my three manuscripts because there's three done yeah and I can't explain like if there's some force or other being trying to help me but I've had these moments now that I can't explain but I saw this character and she walks down this flight of stairs um, and they're marble stairs and they're kind of worn out in the middle like because they've been tread for hundreds of years and then she's got an art easel over one arm and a satchel on the other and she walks down these stairs in a dark corridor opens these double doors and steps out onto cobblestone and I, I can't tell you where it came from all I knew is I had to write down and I did and that's when I met the main character for my second book which we'll be publishing later this year because it is 24 isn't it <laughs> I'm going to keep checking that <laughs> yeah. um, but that was like the kind of the origin of that moment of okay what am I going to do with this and then quickly her sidekick character came in and then there was a love interest that came into my head and then it all kind of anyway long story short I ended up with 20,000 words didn't do anything with it for years. I called it, and I'm not even going to tell you what I originally called it because it's going to give away too much of the plot. But I um, I like filed it somewhere and every now and then came back to it. And then in 2015, when I had my son, my first baby, I felt really detached from Italy because I, you know, I was the kind of person who would go to Italy a couple of times a year and not only for work, but for pleasure and family and stuff. And I couldn't travel freely. And I was missing and grieving um, my connection. And I thought, you know what? If ever was, there was a time to look at this thing, it's now. And I finished it over the course of his first six months of life. Um, and that book is dedicated to my son. And you'll see it soon. Oh my <laughs> but, God. You know, that was that was the that was the 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 origin. And now that book, uh, it didn't go great in that I queried it for four years and had like 160 rejections, right? It was awful, a terrible, terrible process to live through. But that was not meant to be the book to publish first. And I've learned, you know, I've learned that now. Yeah. <laughs> I know that that was the destiny that was meant to take its course. Um, and then essentially one of my best writer friends, Sandy Barker, who also is a very, she's a very, very gifted um rom-com uh, writer here in Melbourne she said to me you've got to keep writing and you need to understand that your first book might not be the first that publishes mm -hmm. and so I kept writing and basically once I finished you know that first book the first manuscript I started the second while I was querying that first one and having no luck but I learned so much about the process which is why I think that one ended up well what ended up being an Italian marriage this was so much stronger. So the first query that I sent out for it took it. Oh my gosh, I love this. I, there is so much of this story that I'm obsessed with, like so much. And I'm I'm so with you of like oh I haven't had these I haven't had a conversation like this in a while. But there there there's so many creatives that talk about it and it's unexplainable and it's very that big magic story of like yeah. character will come through, yeah. something happens. 
it's unexplainable. I call it like a download. <laughs> it's like I feel like it's someone, someone else somewhere trying to like get their story across. And it's how we communicate as humans, right? It's storytelling. So yeah. it's like that is helping someone else. There's so much more to it that's even like beyond us. And it's like it's beautiful. Oh, Olivia, these magic moments, if we can call them that, inverted yeah. commas. I had one when I was finishing writing, sorry, editing and doing my structural edits of the next one that's coming, that first book that I wrote all those years ago and I needed I needed a hook that would bring my main character to realize something about another character and I, I needed that to happen now for me in case you haven't worked out after having read the Italian marriage uh, language and culture are everything and they drive the plot right like that's my bread and butter I'm an Italian teacher I'm an academic in the space so like it's if it's not linguistically and culturally viable it's not in the book yeah. And I was looking for something. I'm looking for something. And I can't, I'm not going to tell you, but maybe we'll have the conversation when the other book publishes. But something happened in this scene. And I quickly jumped in and Googled something that I had already written. And I'm like, I need to find a connection, bring these two things together. And then, you know, good old whatever it was, Wikipedia or whatever popped up. And then I found the word that I needed. And I was just like, oh my God, who has given me this? <laughs> This is just meant to be like I've had so many meant to be's moment. Yeah. Moments, plural. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't even speak, let alone write. But um, yeah, I've had a lot of those. And I had another one of them in the third manuscript that I've just submitted a couple of days ago. So I think it's magic. It has to be. Oh my gosh. And I love that you just said third manuscript. Like there's so many more of these coming. <laughs> It's like, whoa, oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I know that you are about to be so many people's favorite author because honestly, there is, I, I love how you said how like culture, I've never been to Italy. However, it's like number one on my list. I'm obsessed with it. That's why I was like extra obsessed with this book. I'm like reading the Italian in there, having like not really completely understanding yet, completely falling in love with it at the same time. <laughs> I'm just like, I just, I really felt like I was on an Italian holiday, which I, I absolutely love. I'm dying to know how this story came. Was there a moment where this story came through? Oh, it's not romantic. I'm <laughs> sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you though, because after the four years of querying book one, like we can just say book one, you know, yeah. my project full of passion and all of that, that I'd poured my life into, um, I, I thought, well, if I actually want to do anything in terms of traditional publishing, I need to really think commercially. So I did. And while I was querying for the four years and while I was starting to think about, you know, and that little grain was starting to fester in my brain. I had to think about, well, what was being repped by agents? And I was watching Twitter and I was watching the pit mad competitions that we were doing on Twitter, you know, when Twitter was a thing. Um, you know, I was doing all of those things and I was looking at what was publishing. I was looking at what tropes were, you know, being published. Um, and a big turning point for me was um, The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. Great yeah. book, brilliant writer, one of my absolute favourites. And I just remember everyone went crazy over this book and this idea of the force, you know, proximity and all of that sort of stuff. And I thought, okay, so I, because I didn't, I'm not classic, like I'm not trained to be a writer. I've got no idea what I'm doing. So I just went and read books, yeah. you know, that's all I did. I read books and it became plainly, you know, evident to me how tropes work. And I'm like, okay. Then I thought, well, this is what's been repped. This is what's published. Where's, where are the gaps? They don't need another book that does X, Y, and Z. We've already got that. Yeah. Um, and then I started to pair and I had like all these um, 
like I made myself flashcards and I'm like looking at all the, the bestsellers and what had worked and then I kind of piece it all together I'm like okay so we want something that's got some kind of forks proximity we might have a fake relationship and it kind of just came and then I'm like all right but how I need to set it in Italy so what am I going to do because this is all I can write I'm I can only write this and then I thought okay I wrote a first scene I just fudged my way through it and it's the opening scene where they're at Sydney airport and it they ended up in Florence that was not meant to happen I'm like, yeah, they're in Florence great okay brilliant and then um I had them in the uh in Alberto's office and then it just like this whole thing about the cousin subplot and everything going wrong came I'm like, okay I've just got to go with this and again it was a magic flow and it all built from there and then you know the other claimants on the estate come in and and it just kind of went nuts from there and I finished I wrote it quite quickly I started it um had my daughter because you know apparently I write books when I have babies I don't know <laughs> um which is ironic because now I'll, I'll tell you what's happened in a second with the third manuscript because that's something different as well. But, um, you know, I had to take some time and space to be the mum and go through that early process. And then eventually I came back to the Italian marriage and I had my initial 20,000 or whatever that I'd set up. And then I went bang and I smashed out like 70 in nine weeks. And there was my book. Wow. And I'm going to like, I think this is, the way that you explained that, you're like, you're like, oh, it's not romantic. But at the same time, I think it's wonderful because it's like, okay, cool. Having that, there's such a, particularly with like, you have to be commercial. You have to have the business brain at the same time. You have to kind of understand what works. But while yeah. still being able to have that creative flow, I think once you can balance those things, it's beautiful. And then it's like strengthening those muscles, right? That it, it, soon yeah. enough, it becomes that like, okay, cool. I know when this is meant to happen and this is meant to happen, which is awesome. And it's interesting because while I was querying, I still get shudders because it was an awful long experience, but um, people in like the agents in their, you know, requests are like, what makes you different from everyone else in yeah. your genre? Or what fresh perspective are you bringing to the genre? And I had to really think about that. And um, what's different about this book compared to the other 50, you know, rom-coms that might publish in a year? Like you have to sort of think about that as well. So when no. I did sit down with those shuffling cards, I'm like, okay, let's try and, and come at it from that perspective. What, what's the different take on, you know, the Italian set rom-com? And that's sort of how it was born. A hundred percent. And it's like, you're also read so much in that genre and really like understand, it, it, I mean, it can be beautiful to read, but at the same time, I understand the process of like dissecting everything. Oh <laughs> yeah. Your whole reading process. Well, I'm I'm probably the biggest reader of the Italian set rom com genre because I love it. Yeah. So like I read the Nikki Pellegrinos and the T. A. Williams and I love them. And they're my yeah. colleagues. And we all bring something different to that space and we all have a different, you know, perspective and voice and everything. And that's beautiful because if we all succeed and write beautiful books, the readers will benefit and then our sort of niche pocket of the genre is going to benefit. So it's win-win for everyone, you know. 100%. That's so true. I love that. Now, so many people have listened to this now and they're like, please tell me a little bit more about it. <laughs> Can you give us a, a, a like a synopsis of The Italian Marriage? Oh, my God. And like I say to my publisher and my agent, please, I will write you 96,000 words. Do not make me write like a bio or a, any kind of synopsis or anything like that. All right, so basically, Matthew D'Adamo, he's an Italian-Australian lawyer. He's delicious. Like, we'd spread him on, you know, a slice of ciabatta, right? He's yeah. just beautiful. 
Um, and he has grown up with this knowledge that he, when he um, was of age, when he came of age, he could become, um, he could inherit the entire Dadamo family estate, which is tied up in property and um, hotels in Italy. Anyway, one day he gets the call. Okay, the current head of, um, you know, the family trust wants to step down. It's your turn to step up. But he's not married and he falls victim to this 15th century inheritance clause that says you need to be married for this all to happen. So, you know, he's a lawyer, click, click, brain goes. He hires and marries over Zoom um, this beautiful Australian um, woman, Sarah Brown. Uh, and the book opens with them getting on a flight to Italy, but they've never met. They've, you know, exchanged. They've had a couple of Zooms here and there to organise everything, but they don't really know each other. And this is where it all starts. They get to Italy. They end up in Florence where it all kicks off. They think they're going to have this great year away and then she's free to, you know, they'll separate and he'll take his inheritance and she's had a great year away. But it doesn't happen because there's another claimant that's come out of the woodwork for the estate. And the only way that the trust or the family trust has decided they can decide who's going to get this is to um, divide and conquer. And the two parties get a, a property each. I've purposely set this in Umbria and not Tuscany because I feel like a lot of other books did a good job in Tuscany. I want to do be a little bit different. So we're in Umbria and um, yeah, they've got to renovate and facilitate a hotel and stuff happens. <laughs> it's a wild journey. And like, it's wild. but it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's very sexy at the same time. Like I absolutely loved it. I also want to point out, one thing I really, really loved about this book is where you started it. Because I, I loved how you, like, how you started that was so, like, I was in it straight away. Because I'm, like, thinking, <laughs> hang on, but, like, I need to know, like, why, how, but at the same time, I'm so invested where, like, I, I, I know for a lot of a backstory, like, adding too much backstory can be a huge thing of, like, okay, I want to add this, I want to add that. How do you kind of, like, when you are writing a book, how are you kind of, like, do you have like a, a side plot? Have you got side notes? How are you building the general like characters and, and worlds around them to be able to start at a point like that? Does that make sense? I had no idea. Yeah, I love that. Oh, my God. I had no idea. And like I said, I sat down one night and they were on an airplane and that's it. And I thought, we'll just wait and see um, where it goes. And it worked because, I look, I've read books before that have started in a place where we're banging plot, like it's happening. Yeah. And I've always found as a reader, I'm more engaged by those than the ones yeah. that give all the backstory and stuff first. Yeah. It's just a preference of mine, you know, yeah. there's, there's no right or wrong, basically. So when I stopped and I thought, well, where could I start this? Could I start them meeting each other and getting married? No, we don't need all of that. We need the plot. We need, it's starting now. This is our 12 months. Um, and I thought we need tension. And I don't know about you, Olivia, but my attention span is not great anymore. Probably thanks to, you know, yeah. social media. Um, so I just thought I needed to get them in like the first five or six pages. And I needed the big twist to happen at the end of that first chapter. And it yeah. needed to be, it's so nice to finally meet you. Otherwise, when we've already established they're married through the dialogue of the other characters. And I was really just looking for a hook. And that's the hook that I came up with, that that was, that was going to be it. And then I was going to work out the rest later. <laughs> I have goosebumps for you because I was going to imagine what that moment would have been like of like, okay, cool, I'm ending it here. And it's like, whoa, like strapping on in for this. <laughs> no, it's funny. The people who read it and, you know, through the editing process, none of it, none of it, none of that changed because I think it just worked. 
Um, and what I also tried to do, because I don't know how to write, like I don't, I don't even know the words and terminology for these things. I think you do now. I think you can say. Well, <laughs> I'm just bluffing. <laughs> I swear I'm bluffing. It's smoke and mirrors. I um, I don't even know what they're called, but like I call them the ins and outs. So like I cut out of a chapter and I want to hook so that yep. someone goes, oh, I want to work out what the next bit is. And then I go in and I think it needs to be interesting enough so that when they start the chapter, they want to keep reading it. So can we just plot that? I don't know what the real terminology uh, is. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the, it is either. I think it's, oh, now I'm not going to, there's like four main things that they say to have at the end and at, and at the start to like do that. This is literally what everyone who's just listening to us and not actually seeing us right now we're just flicking our fingers of like flicking our hands (laughs) to indicate swiping in and swiping out like left swipe left or swipe right I don't know I have never had to do the online dating thing Uh, what's left and right what's good and bad are we in are we out what's going on (laughs) so like that was literally it I'm like well and and something that I've really learned through all of the editing processes because book two has been edited now um, tension is so important. Tension is what makes you want to keep reading. And if you don't have the catchy ins and outs, <laughs> if you don't have those moments where you go, oh my God, is that a plot twist? Like, how? I didn't see that, that coming. You're not going to read it. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not compelled. Do you know what uh, I mean? So that's been a really big focus for me. And I think, yeah, I've had really great, really great support from my editorial team and my agent initially when she first got the manuscript, Danielle Binks. Hi, Danielle. Um, yeah, so I think I've been really lucky. And that's something that I really, um, when I had to write book three, because I had my book deal and I had to deliver now on the book deal, um, that's something I really thought about, the ins and outs. And while I did not have a baby while I wrote book three, I did have um a hysterectomy which is like the opposite and I had the my uterus out and my cervix and my tubes so you know it's been a gynecological journey alongside the writing of my books <laughs> yeah wow wow but like go you that for, for creating during that process that's huge oh it was nuts yeah, yeah. I literally had um Pan Macmillan were amazing and I had this surgery booked in like we knew it was coming all year and then the dates kept moving and shifting a little bit and then we locked it in for whenever it was, August, I think it was. I can't even remember now. It's a blank void of pain. Um, and I literally had my PDF pages of marriage and we were between page checks. And I checked, yep, great, off it went. And then I went and had my surgery, came back a week later, I'm on the couch, checked the next lot of pages. So it was sort of like um, life imitating art, art imitating life, question marks. Um, reading about Sarah going through her endometriosis journey and coming full circle with mine yeah that was really surreal but yeah so my third book no babies (laughs) quite the opposite a book baby a book baby is there a hysterectomy in the book is there no no although she my main character in book three, like if you thought the Italian marriage was twisty and turny, oh my God, wait till book three. I had to have a separate document open with all of the clues that I had put through the text because I had to keep on top of it because it was very tight in the timeline as to when these things are happening. Um, yeah, but no, no, no hysterectomy. Lots of other issues she has to deal with, but not a hysterectomy. That is another thing that I do actually really love that you did do with the characters and adding in endometriosis because I think the best thing about 
now and writing books in this day and age is adding more things that people can actually relate to understand it's like okay cool to be honest yeah I hadn't actually read a book with a main character dealing with that and how in many women are experiencing it now it's like a lot I don't have the exact stat I don't know if you know but it's so much and it's the same as like I'm seeing different things of like okay cool now there's people actually suffering with anxiety like the main characters are anxious or the main characters are this and it's like let's bring some more real life into our current life that I think is also really important to do with real life situations because I also read a lot of books that have a lot of like our internet swiping life of that's digital but it's like let's actually bring the realness back into it too which I I really appreciate that you did. I've actually heard from a lot of people since marriage published um, who have endo and Mm. said you know it meant a lot to see myself on on the page like that was you know, you made me cry on page, whatever, but in a good way, you know, like you made me cry because I feel visible and I feel like you've given space to this issue that we don't hear enough about. Um, there are books out there um, in this space of women, you know, commercial women's fiction that deal with endometriosis. Um, and I just wanted to add another voice or perspective to that. Um, I did not set out to write Sarah with endometriosis at all. Um, I got probably about four chapters in um, and I write non-linear, but that's something we can talk about in a second. But I got the first four, sort of four chapters in and, you know, I'd established Matthew. So our main character, our main male character, I'd worked out what his issues were, you know, inverted commas, what we need to work through over the course of the journey. And I hadn't worked her out yet because I just wanted her to be amazing and fabulous. Um, and then I thought, no, she's going to be amazing and fabulous in spite of something. And I needed to work out what that was. And I remember I was sitting down one day and I have had a plethora of gynecological issues, which include endometriosis. And I just remember sitting down and I had cramps and I had a horrendous period and I was crying and I was still writing because I'm stubborn and I had a heat pack on me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is it. She's got endo. Like she needs to have endometriosis. But then I also made the choice to not make it a sad thing. Like I didn't want, I didn't want her to be doubled over in pain. I didn't want her to be sitting on the toilet and crying. Like people who experience these things, we have enough of that in our own life. We want the hero. We want the one who gets on with it. And, you know, so when I developed her character, I was looking at, you know, am I going to talk about how she's bloated today? She's wearing a comfy jeans. No, she's just going to be a kick-ass amazing woman who happens to have this condition, yeah. gets on with life. But there's a few challenges along the way that she needs to talk to her partner about. And I wanted to have like the uncomfortable conversation of painful sex um, yeah. in a rom-com. Like yeah. that, you know, um, sex could be really painful or I might have fertility issues, question mark. And um, this is how it feels and pleasure and the importance of pleasure with a partner who you have safe space with. And that's what I did with her character. And you created it so beautifully. Like oh, it is you. so, so well done. And I think it's really important. Like you, uh, you go to a um, writer's festival and, and you know, an interviewer will ask, oh, you know, why did you just choose to add this in? Why did you choose to add this in? And, and every author will say the same. And I think this is the beauty of it is, yes, we have these downloads that are super creative, but we also have things that 
are our major concerns or things that like are, are running our mate our subconscious that will it just floods through in creativity and it's the way it's also like the biggest part of connection as well too which I think is beautiful and it's 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 how to add real life issues like that in which I think is incredible so thank you for that yeah well look she's not her story is not my story but I knew enough and mm-hmm. I'd experienced physically felt enough pain to know what she was going through and you know I've heard from enough endometriosis warriors now that it's been beautiful to feel seen and represented and if that's all I've achieved with that book I'm done well done and not only I just want to say you went you just like had this year of uh, yeah sorry four years of querying but like a three, a three book deal? Is it a five book deal? Like to have three? That's amazing. I feel like there's more coming after that. <laughs> it was look. It was book one was not meant to publish first. That yeah. was the book that taught me the process, the for better for worse, um, and that was like the passion, you know, book. Um, and I was really emotionally invested in that because it had been so long, and I've spent so long defending it, you know. And then when marriage came along, I felt so jaded by the process that I'd lost all the emotion and I just went, I'm just going to do it. And I sat on it for a little while and I did my rounds of edits. I got some feedback from friends and writer friends who were amazing and kind of gave me some tips and oh, maybe try it, whatever, you know, processed all that. And then I I always wanted to submit to Jacinta Dimaze management, but they were closed and they had been closed for a while. And I mean, they were doing, um, you know, writer drop-ins and were appearing at conferences and stuff, but I never felt comfortable. And now I look back and go, you're an idiot. You should have done it. But um, I never felt comfortable investing financially in my writing so much. So like to, to go to a festival and pitch or to do an online pitch. And I maybe I wouldn't have had four years if I had have just taken, because I just felt like it was, indulgent and oh stupid no one's gonna take it anyway like why would I waste my money like that's how it felt and now I feel that people should do those things and you know back yourself because in the end that's what I did and I sent a dm to Jacinta who's the lead agent at the agency um we were already connected on social media because of our love of all things Italian that's another story for another day and then one day I just had to you know grow a set and (laughs) I just DM'd her and I'm like, hey, I have these manuscripts. I have two at 95,000 words. Do you want them? And she goes, here's my email address. And it's all history from there. Oh, my God. I absolutely love that. And what, like, that is epic advice to finish up. If I was to ask you if there was anything else to to pass on to an up-and-coming oh, writer who's listening yeah, to that, yeah, anything, look, what else would you say? And it's always like, what would I go back and tell myself, you know, yeah. like, a few things. Um, be careful who you trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent a lot of time in the writing community on Twitter, like for years when I was doing all that querying and I was doing the pit mad pitches, you know. You know, the day after I had my cesarean for my daughter, I was doing pit mad at two in the morning, Gosh. trying to, trying to, I was still connected to the catheter and I had an IV and I'm still going, you know, like that's how much I wanted this thing. Um, be careful who you trust. And I, I mean that in a benevolent way, mm-hmm. your manuscript is your baby and share it with people that you know um, and people who you know will give you supportive sandwich like feedback. 
the good, the stuff to work on, and you know, just you know, the good again, you know. But what I mean by people that you trust, I saw so many things happen on Twitter over those four years of people stealing people's work. And it's sad. And, you know, someone knows someone on social media and they send them the manuscript and it's gone then, and you don't have control over it. And I also saw a lot of things while I was querying from um, not only agents, but publishers of all levels saying, you know, how many people have seen this? How many hands has this passed uh, across? So, you know, share and absolutely collaborate and seek that feedback but with people you really know you can trust yeah. um, and there are plenty of great people out there and groups that can help you connect with with beta readers like that um the second one would probably be sort of what i alluded to earlier um if you're working in a genre or you're writing in a genre just understand your point of difference or what fresh perspectives that you, you might bring to that genre or you know there are for example i don't know vampire romance you know, that's a genre that is really well written in. So what are you bringing to that that's new and fresh? Um, because you need to bank on that. And when you are querying and sending out work, you need to express quite clearly what's different about your work or your perspective. Are you an own voices? Are you, have you got particular research background? I don't know. What makes you the person that can write this book and only the person that can write this book? Yeah. Um, uh, and the other thing, look, my four years taught me a lot and <laughs> told me a lot about how stubborn I am. But it also taught me that if it's something you want, you'll never stop. So for every no, I got to a point where I, yeah, I did get really jaded and burned out and I would take pauses and I would stop for a bit, but I never said I was going to give up. Um, I used to think that every no would be a no, not yet. Yeah. And the feedback that I got on that first book, so much of it was not so much about the manuscript. You know, a few people were like, yeah, we think it needs developing, um, you know, whatever. A few other people said, no, we want Paris and France at the moment because Emily in Paris was all over Netflix, which is a great series. Um, you can't tell that I write rom-coms. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> just think about it as not yet. And I think everything happens when it's meant to happen and how it's meant to happen. My book, Baby Number One, was not meant to be the big one. And I can appreciate that now because now with my amazing Pan Mac team, we've really rebirthed book one and it's so punchy and sassy and colorful and sexy and very Italian but it's you know it has had to evolve and it's had to grow with me as a writer to be what it's going to be when it drops yeah and that's when I go no is actually or not yet or not now so please don't give up so if those are any kinds of pearls of wisdom that might be of any use to anyone Please, if it's something you actually want, you'll never stop. Absolutely. Everyone's listening to this and going to write right now, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, I can't thank you enough for everything that you have shared today, Jenna. And I know that everyone who's listening, if you love romance, you need to go and get the Italian marriage. It is literally out everywhere. The cover is beautiful. It's divine, too. I absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. Miadians did a beautiful job of it. And yeah. I remember when I saw it, I ugly cried. I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh my god! And then I actually recorded a video because I was going to send it to my publisher um, to say, "Oh my god, I'm opening it!" Oh my god! And then I was ugly crying. I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't send this to him. <laughs> this cannot go anywhere on the internet. I'll be transferred to anyone." <laughs> oh 
I love it so much. Yeah, guys, go into the bookstore and you you won't miss it. It is absolutely <laughs> divine and it will look amazing on your bookshelf. So <laughs> excellent. Thank you so much, Anna. And everyone, um, I'll put where to contact you in the show notes so we can keep on contact of the next release as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me.